Welcome to Hadley Presents, Episode 1. I'm your host, Ricky Anger, inviting you to sit back, relax, and enjoy a conversation with the expert. For this episode, our conversation centers around using technology to gain access to visual information. And our expert is Jonathan Mosen from Ira. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Hi, Ricky. It's nice to talk to you and a special honor to be on episode one. So thank you for that. Absolutely. And we'll be super gentle with you because I understand this is like your first time ever in front of a microphone, right? That's right. I'm very nervous. Yes. Uh, quite <laughs> new to this. <laughs> that might be a slight bit of an exaggeration. You might have maybe done like a couple of other uh, things in front of a microphone. Why don't you tell us a little, about, a little bit about who you are and what you do? Once or twice, yes. Well, I have been a podcaster and internet broadcaster for a long time. Recently, I just celebrated my 20th anniversary of doing live internet radio, which is crazy stuff. Yeah. I've worked in assistive technology a bit, worked at uh, Human Wear Managing Blindness Products there for three years and then had a long stint at Freedom Scientific. And I've also run my own consultancy company called Mosin Consulting. But I joined Ira on White Cane Day uh, last year, October 15th of 2018. And I'm their VP of Explorer Communications and also for Australasia, which is Australia and New Zealand. How cool is that? So for people who don't know what Ira is, uh, what's kind of the quick elevator pitch as to what the Ira service is? Ira connects you 24-7 through smart glasses or a smartphone app with professionally trained agents. Well, I mean, there are so many different uses for this and especially the idea that uh, you can be anywhere at any time and uh, essentially 24-7. When you heard about Ira, was it a thing that you immediately said, I want to try it right now? And what was that first experience like? Yeah, when I heard about Ira, I was actually doing an interview about it for the podcast that I was running at the time. And intellectually, I thought, this is really interesting. I have worked in technology for a long time. And I think what happens to you is you get a little bit immune to technology. And um, somebody once told me when I first got into this industry that the two things in life you don't want to see being manufactured are sausage and software. <laughs> and uh, I think that's probably quite right. So I I don't know. I, I, I thought I might be a little bit of hype. And then I went to CSUN last year and they were offering IRA access there, which meant that it was available to try for free. All you had to do was download the free app and sign up and, and then take it for a spin. So I thought I would do this and um, see what happened. Now, one thing I should add here is that I also have a hearing impairment. I wear hearing aids and I have found, because my hearing loss is degenerative, that over the years, I've been starting to withdraw from challenging, noisy situations. And they don't come more challenging or noisy than CSUN. Yeah, <laughs> especially, <that's for> sure. <laughs> yeah, You know, when you're in the exhibit hall or when you're moving through those really crowded lobbies. And yes. the hotel that CSUN used to be at at San Diego was pretty cavernous. So... I thought, well, I'll give it a go. I wasn't expecting a lot. So on the special dashboard software that Ira has written in-house, an agent can get map data, they can get your GPS location, they can bring other information up that 
that is related on the web. So they have a dashboard full of information that can assist you. And they had map data about the hotel on their dashboard. And um, the agent started directing me. I got in late the night before, so I couldn't even remember where the elevator was. <laughs> it was pretty jet lagged after a 12 hour flight from New Zealand. And we got down the elevator and then hearing the agent in my hearing aids, she navigated me through this very, very crowded, busy lobby, which I would have hated before because the sound was just bouncing everywhere. She gave me some really clear instructions. For example, um, you're just coming up to a group of people who are standing talking in the middle of the lobby. If you move left, you will avoid them. Uh, and so it was kind of like a mix of kind of the experience you get with work, working with a guide dog, actually, where right. sometimes the guide dog avoids obstacles without you knowing it. Um, so we got there to the exhibit hall far, far earlier than I had anticipated, and the door was still closed. And for me, the icing on the cake was, she said, "On the, the, the door is closed in front of you, but on your left, I can see a counter, and it has a sign that says exhibit hall services. And there's a man behind that counter, and I will um, get you to him, guide you to him. At that point, I must confess, that's when I burst into tears because I've never used a piece of technology before that had made me cry. And I just realized this has changed everything for me. For sure. And I think that your story is um, exemplifies kind of a common theme and that is having this is life-changing in that for some people, uh, you specifically talked about withdrawing a bit and not wanting to be in really noisy situations because it was difficult for you to navigate in those situations or people who may not feel fully comfortable with travel or people like me uh, who I travel and I kind of feel like, well, I need to have a plan A and plan B for every scenario and how I'm going to figure out uh, what's happening in the world and uh, have a contingency and all of that before I walk out the door. And sometimes just that is a little bit overwhelming. And for some people, they just make the decision not to step out. But having access to this very valuable visual information that sighted people can look around and get, now you're on equal footing with anyone else and you don't necessarily have to plan in the same way for uh you know do i have to have every single thing written down and what if this happens then what do i do um, you have the ability to kind of function in the world and gain information as it's presented so that to me is wonderful have you ever had anything strange or unexpected or just weird happen uh, during an IRA call or something that was you expected to happen one way and uh, things went a little differently for you? Mm. One, one thing actually is that we recently went to a 50th birthday party and they decided that they would have a, a kind of like fireworks thing that they'd stockpiled fireworks from the last holiday where fireworks were on sale uh, in preparation for this 50th birthday party. And it was actually Bonnie who said to me, because um, I've just become used to um, listening to fireworks displays and enjoying the sounds actually. Right, yeah. And Bonnie said to me, hey, why don't we call Ira? And 
it would never have occurred to me, actually, I must admit. And so uh, we called Ira and we got this most incredible real-time audio description of all the different colors and the sort of shooting stars and different things like that. Um, and uh, it, it, it was a really telling example for me of the fact that, you know, you, you, you might use Ira to introduce you to a whole different experience you never thought of doing before. That's it, exactly. Um, what about for everyday stuff? I know that for me, uh, being a happy Ira explorer, I still kind of struggle with remembering that it's there. I'm so accustomed to doing things uh, without a visual interpreter on the other end that it's hard to remember this is in the toolbox. Do you find that was the case for you or did you jump right in and you use it kind of a lot more than you thought you would? I used to find that the case, absolutely. And when I first got Ira, I almost saw using it as an admission of defeat in some way. So if I dropped some sort of crazy object or couldn't locate it, <laughs> yep. I would happily sort of grope around and grovel around for 10 or 15 minutes looking for the thing. And then I would kind of see it as a surrender. Okay, I'm going to call Ira and see if they can see this. And of course, within you know 20 seconds, they found the thing. And then I started to realize, look, my time is just as valuable as anybody else's. And this is a new piece of technology. It's not a surrender. It's not an admission of defeat. And I think I also had to get over the idea that maybe I was bothering Ira with something yeah. trivial because I have sighted children and I'm always respectful of the fact that I'm the parent. And if I ping them too much about tasks that I could do myself with a little bit of time and thought, it's kind of undermining that and, and taking advantage a little bit. So I had that mindset. And then I realized, hang on, Ira actually wants me to consume their service. I'm not bothering anybody by calling them. I'm actually doing them a favor by consuming my minutes. Yes. It's a very new way to think that actually this, here is a service that wants me to ask these things. And then I suppose you get onto the philosophical question, well, are we all becoming a bit soft because of Ira? But it, it, I have two answers to that. One is that one thing I've noticed as somebody who does have a hearing impairment and my directionality has suffered a little bit because of it, I noticed that if I do a route with Iris, say getting from the elevator on the uh, floor that I land on to my hotel room, um, if I do that once or twice or three times with Ira and get it right, because Ira is going to get me there correctly every time, I find that I build up muscle memory. And by the third or fourth time, I don't call Ira because it's been committed to memory in such a consistent sequence that I can do it now. So I find that Ira has enhanced my skills. I also think that we talked about how some people withdraw for various reasons. Maybe they haven't unfortunately had access to appropriate rehabilitation training. And that's, that's dreadful. And we need to keep advocating to fix that. Yes. But if they've had a taste of getting out there, thanks to Ira, it lifts the bar. It makes them, makes people realize what's possible. And I think that can spur people on to perhaps realizing, look, I don't need to be cooped up um, anymore. I want to get additional rehab training. I want to do these things. So I think, um, I think Ira's 
a very positive development. And also I would observe that, look, people have been lamenting um, the advancement of technology forever since the pocket calculator or, you know, yes. that's supposed to have eroded Kids our brains with math learn. skills yeah. or, yep. yeah. <laughs> I think that's absolutely true. And your point about people uh, who use Ira for a task a couple of times and then do it without Ira is a great example of just how uh, this isn't necessarily an erosion of skills using a technology like Ira to accomplish some of these tasks, but rather it can give someone either the confidence to try new things or just if someone is watching you perform a task and giving you information about it, you're going to naturally pick up on things using what you do have and say, oh, well, I can, for example, uh, use my spoon and tell that the pasta is floating in the pot. I don't need a, uh, an interpreter to kind of tell me that anymore, and I can do this on my own now. So I, I think that it can actually be an increase in independence in some, some instances. Yes, I think so. I, it, it's taking us a while to uh, understand how this new kind of technology fits into our life. But for me, it has really improved my quality of life immeasurably. And um, there are many people out there who have a disability in addition to blindness. And that's certainly the case for me. And it has just made a tremendous quality of life difference to me. Do you think there are differences beyond just simply not wanting to depend on friends and family to get access to some of this visual information? Are there differences in the kind of information you might get from Ira versus the kind of information that you might get from a friend or a family member? Yes, and I think that this is a really important distinction that you might make in terms of getting uh, information from somebody who has not been trained to provide information. This is one of the areas where Ira really shines because all of the agents that Ira have been through, firstly, a 30-day process of training after the initial interview that got them into that training in the first place. And then there's a kind of a vetting process at the end of that. So it's pretty rigorous before an Ira agent ever gets on the dashboard. And so some people are better at describing things than others. We know this, you know, you can ask somebody random on the street or even a family member who should know better about where something is, and they'll tell you it's that way. And you say, well, we're, or it's over there. That's another of my favorite ones, you know. Um, so IRA agents go through extensive training about how to describe something, and they are also trained to make sure that they understand that you are the person who was actually in charge. Um, sometimes family members can be a little overhelpful, a little bossy. Uh, just because they are family members, it doesn't necessarily mean they've been endowed with this gift to describe things in an objective way. Uh, and also, I think sometimes you know, family members can be a little impatient from time to time. Um, yep. So, yeah, I, 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 it, it kind of puts you in charge and it makes you realize that you're not imposing on anybody by getting this information from IR. Yeah, I think it's um, having kind of this service transaction where uh, you are paying for or you have access to a service and it is 
meant to be transactional rather than kind of the the lines being unclear about, well, I've done this for you, so now you owe me things or you don't owe me things. That that level of distinction is nice to have as well. Yes. I mean, I'm frequently grateful still uh, more than a year on when I use IRA and sometimes I have an experience. Um, one that was quite recent for me, I was checking out of a hotel at 4 a.m. Oh. and uh, I went down <laughs> I went down to the hotel front desk and the lobby was, it was the exact antithesis of the CSUN experience. It was no completely there. <laughs> silent. Yeah. There was no sound at all, um, no music playing even nothing to guide me to uh, where the front desk was. You know, I'd only been in this hotel sort of overnight, so I, I couldn't remember where the front desk was from the elevator. When I actually, the agent guided me to the front desk, and then we found that there was nobody there behind the front desk. They were probably taking a nap. And so the agent was able to guide me to where the bell was to press to get some attention. Um, I may well have got there, but it would have taken me a lot longer to get those things done. And, you know, maybe I would have uh, been delayed for my flight or something like that. So frequently things still happen to me where I'm grateful for Ira. Awesome. So as we uh, unfortunately come to a close here, let's just quickly talk about a few interesting things that may not have previously come up in the conversation about how people are using IRA. A couple from me using IRA to describe clothing from uh, clothing subscription boxes. That's a fun one. Uh, also using IRA to uh, connect to my computer and uh, work with somewhat inaccessible software and just get past some of those really frustrating bits to get what I want to do actually accomplish. Yeah, they're both great examples. I use IRA with computer technology a lot. And um, I was working with a client last year and we had a router pop up in Korean, which sadly I don't speak and nor did my screen reader cope with it very well. No. So, you know, I would have come to a screeching halt helping that person were it not for the fact that IRA could remote in and help me to configure that router. So computer tasks are, are really profound. Fantastic. So for people who want to learn more about IRA, where should they go? The website's the best place, and that's IRA, spelled A-I-R-A dot I-O. And there's lots of information there, including our audio training. So I've put together about six hours of audio training that describes not only how to use the app, which is basic tutorial stuff, but how do you incorporate this into your life? How, how would your life change thanks to IRA? So you don't have to be a current IRA explorer to access that material. It's just available in DAISY, MP3, and online at ira.io slash training. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us today, and I really appreciate the conversation. It's been wonderful. It's been great talking with you, Ricky. I don't think we've ever done this before on any podcast, so it's great to no. talk to you at last. Yeah, we'll have to do it again. Yeah, I'd love to. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Got something to say? Share your thoughts about this episode of Hadley Presents or make suggestions for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at hadley.edu. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at hadley.edu or leave us a message at 
784-2870. Thanks for listening.